the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. It's all about Him, isn't it? You know, we tend to make it a whole lot more complex than it needs to be. You know, I think in many ways the modern church is failing. What we're supposed to be about, we lose in our desire to find significance in the flesh rather than to proclaim the truth of who we are in Christ. And what we are studying in Romans chapter 15 has to do with the fellowship of believers. It has to do with our relationship as a family. But the modern church today is more concerned, it seems, with making individuals comfortable, setting aside and setting special venues for their particular affinities. And it's very concerned about evangelism. Evangelism is important. But did you know that there's a stronger mandate in the Word of God for you to love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ than there ever is about evangelism? There is. If you go through the Word of God, you will find over and over again that Jesus tells you, the epistles tell you, over and over again to love one another. Love is of God. It is the greatest gift, love. It is the thing that God personally commands us to do in several books and in several scriptures. So what Paul is talking to us about in chapter 15 when he talks about how we relate to one another as brothers and sisters, he is making sure that you understand that the hallmark, the crowning jewel of a fellowship under God is love. It is the interaction and the relationship that we share with one another. And Paul doesn't just ask that you consider one another. He doesn't just ask that you love one another. He, in fact, under the authority of the Spirit of God, says he commands you to love one another. He commands you to defer to one another. Well, why all this big to-do? Well, we tend to believe that, in fact, I've heard it preached many times, that, that it's important for us to evangelize, because in evangelism, we share with God 
in one of the greatest things that he does upon the planet, the greatest gift that he gives to man, which is salvation. I agree with that to some degree. But he commands us to love one another with an abandon, with an acceptance that is compared with Christ's acceptance to us in these scriptures, in order that I would argue in the same way, in order that we might know his love, the full expression of his love. You see, nobody can love you like the body of Christ can love you. And nobody can accept you like the body of Christ should accept you. Did you know that this should be the safest place that you walk into? I mean safer than, yes, your own home. This should be the safest place that you enter into. Because it is in this place that we're not connected by blood. We are connected by something far greater. So we share. Whether we think we share or not, we share each other's life. So Paul is pretty strong in what he's telling us to do. If you turn to chapter 15 of the book of Romans, last week we left off at verse 7. And again, I would remind you that Paul's addressing a fracture in the Roman church. And this fracture is over between two groups. One he calls the weak and the other he calls the strong. And the strong were those that felt the liberty to express non-moral freedom. These are things that the Bible doesn't specifically address. It doesn't say it's wrong. It's not wrong morally. But they, and they felt the liberty in Christ to express these things. And the example that's given is eating meat sacrificed to idols. So one group feels the liberty to do that. Another group doesn't. They can't do that because they feel like when they consume that meat, they literally take in the life of that idol. They've been raised in that, so it grieves them. It grieves them to see brothers and sisters in Christ consuming life in their minds, the life of a foreign god. So we have the strong and we have the weak. And what we have is one group judging the other and a point of separation. You see, the problem here is not the right and wrong of eating meat. We are free in Christ concerning non-moral issues. The problem here is the separation, the grieving of a brother. And Paul makes the point that injuring a brother over such things is wrong. We should bear them in their weakness and love them along. We don't have to surrender our liberty, but we do not practice these things at the expense of the brother. Now, here's the point I want to make in this. To be free in Christ is not principally about temporal liberty. The freedom we have in Christ is not principally about temporal liberty. It's about being set free from sin and being reborn into a new creation that is empowered by Christ's life to live in the same liberty that Christ lived in. We are free to live as he lived. We are free to love as he loved. We are free to minister as he ministered. We are free to live out the Father's will as he lived out the Father's will. You see, our liberty is in him. The life of Christ is our liberty. We are free to manifest him. This liberty, this freedom that we have is so much greater than what the world has. We are free to know who we are. The world is on a constant quest to discover themselves. We are free to know that we are significant 
in who we are. The world is on a constant quest to establish themselves and make themselves significant. We have, we have all of these people in Hollywood that make huge names for themselves and, and they're all over the movie screens and they have more money than they know what to do with. And they're constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly spending more money on themselves and being charitable in order to establish themselves. They recreate themselves all the time to the point the plastic surgeons over there almost have more money than they do. They don't know who they are because they believe who they are. They are in the flesh. They don't feel significant. So they're constantly asserting themselves in some way to feel significant. And they don't know they're loved. The freedom that we have in Christ is we are significant. We know who we are and we are loved. We're never rejected. We don't have to walk in fear of rejection. We don't have to walk in fear that we won't be accepted. We don't have to constantly change ourselves and distort who we are in order to be accepted. That's the lie of the world. And so the world would look at you and say, oh, you know, I can tick off whoever I want to tick off. I got the freedom to act however I want to act. I can do whatever I want to do. You guys are in bondage. You're in slavery. And I look at them and say, you know what? I can love an enemy, but you don't have the freedom to do that. I can express truth, but you don't have the ability to do that, the freedom to do that. I know who I am in Christ. You don't know who you are. You don't have the freedom to live in that. And I am secure for eternity. I am free not only in this world, but in the life to come that I am now living, by the way. I am free. And you are not. What you call freedom is bondage. And it is killing you. What I call freedom is my very life. And I'll never lose it. Huge difference. We know that in the, under the Spirit of God, walking as new creations made new in union with him, we have a different book of definition. It's a, a different dictionary. What the world calls peace, we don't call peace. What the world calls love, we don't call love. What the world calls acceptance, we don't call acceptance. What the world calls freedom, we call bondage. We live from a whole different life. Now, the struggle for the Christian is constantly being actualized in their life. The struggle that we deal with is that we are constantly trying to figure out how we can adapt our lives and our definitions with the world's. How we can somehow have the same liberty they have and incorporate the liberty we have in Christ. That's what's going on there. You don't have the liberty to hurt a brother. You have the liberty to show the brother Christ, to show the brother love, to show the brother tolerance, love, endurance, all of those things. What Christ was, you have the liberty to be. It's not just your liberty to be. It is who you are and what you're empowered to be. And that's what Paul's telling him. Because we look around us and we see a whole different standard and a whole different book of definitions. And if you try to talk to a lost person, you figure this out. You're operating from two different books. You cannot possibly tell them about the love of Christ and they cannot possibly conceive what the love of Christ is about 
unless the Spirit of God opens their hearts and their eyes to it. Because what they see as love is what you see on the TV screen or on those stupid magazines at the checkout counter, okay? That's not love. That's just flesh. Do you know that all the attributes of Christ, all of the gifts of the Spirit, are none of them, absolutely none of them, dependent upon your flesh? That's right. You don't have to have a body to love. God proved that. Jesus proved that. Well, you say, well, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Don't we have to do, to do this? Don't we have to do that? And doesn't that require it? No. You don't have to have a body to love. You don't have to have a body to have joy. The angels have joy. Everything that is a gift of the Spirit is actually a spiritual gift. How about that? Write that one down. We want to be free as he was free. Acts 17, 28 tells us, For in him we live and move and have our being. Our liberty is in him. In him we live. In him we move with freedom. And what is that freedom? Well, what freedom did Christ have when he walked upon the earth? Could Christ go anywhere he wanted to go? Well, could he? But what would Christ call freedom? What would Christ call liberty? To walk exactly where the Father called him to walk. To do exactly what the Father called him to do. There is a huge liberty in being a sheep. Have you figured that one out? There is great freedom in being a sheep. You know what? Because a sheep, all a sheep really has to do is follow a shepherd. But a shepherd, he's got to figure out where the food is, where the water is, where we're going to lay down, where we're best protected, how he's going to keep the sheep in line. How it's all. And all of us are trying at one point or another to be shepherds, but we're not shepherds. There's great liberty in being a sheep. Christ, follow me here, who's the great shepherd. But as he walked this earth, he walked as a sheep. He did. His father was the shepherd. He walked yielded to his father. God sees us. He sees our liberty in Christ, which is far greater, far greater. In him, we live in the pleasure and the favor of God. In the flesh, liberty is treacherous and leads us into bondage. Paul encourages a liberty that is lived out by faith, a liberty that is expressed in selfless love. You know, faith is the way we draw on the life within us. Faith is the way we express that life. We live this life by faith. And we live in the liberty of this life by faith. Well, why does it take faith? Because the liberty that the world defines is different than the liberty that the Spirit gives. So I look around me and everybody is running about saying, I have liberty, I'm offending people, I'm doing this, I'm acting out my selfish desires, I'm acting this way and that way, I have liberty. It takes faith in the face of those things to say, no, I have liberty in Christ. I have liberty to walk in truth. I have liberty to express love. I have liberty not to offend. Do you see how that works? That takes faith. This is the faith that Paul is calling us to. The faith that calls things that are as though they are and things that are not as though they are not, even though we cannot see, even though we cannot touch, even though we cannot feel those things all the time. Paul said in Romans 14, 23, for whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. So whatever does not originate or proceed from 
our faith in trusting in the activity of Christ within us. Whatever we do, seeing ourselves as flesh going forward without God is literally sin. It's us trying to act apart from him. And from God's point of view, that's sin. You see, God has made us a certain way to live a certain way, to act a certain way, to function a certain way. And if we'll ever get used to the idea that that is the natural way for us to act, behave, and to be, we will find liberty. Paul encourages us to walk in that. When we live from the liberty, that liberty, we act in love. We operate in unity and we are selfless toward one another. We both give and take according to the Spirit's conviction, not according to the flesh. We see our brothers and sisters as Christ sees them and love them as he loves them. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says, Welcome and receive to your hearts one another, then even as Christ has welcomed and received you for the glory of God. Now this is a command, it's not a suggestion. And he's saying to you, welcome and receive one another. And that's a present tense imperative, which really says, I want you to continually welcome and receive one another. Now, he's not talking about a holy handshake. He's not talking about a holy handshake. He's not even talking about the Christian hug. What he is talking about is to receive your brothers and sisters in Christ the way Christ receives them. To have his heart for them. Now, this is an activity of faith because we typically see each other according to the flesh, don't we? If you don't believe me, spit on your neighbor and see how they see you. That's how we see each other, according to the flesh. But God sees us differently and he is saying, see your brother the way I see them and you can love them selflessly. Now, listen, that's a supernatural act, isn't it? He's calling us again. How many times we go through this, but uh, it is always important to remember that whatever God calls us to do, whatever command that he gives us, he gives us in accordance to the way he has made us, the way he has created us as new creations and how he has empowered us with his spirit. There is nothing that God wants you to do that is not done through the empowerment of your union life with Christ. Nothing. Apart from him, I can do nothing. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. One is not life. The other is life. You have this life. It's insane how we fight with this. But the reality of it is, is that God says... uh, Todd, I want you to go such and such. Well, Lord, how am I going to do that? And he looks at me and says, exactly, exactly. You see, here's the issue. God is inviting the truth in you to step out by faith. That's what it is. Every command, everything that he brings before you and everything he asks you to to enter into is an invitation for the truth in you to step out by faith. So here's, here's the neat thing. Here's the liberty, if you will. I am equal to everything that God has commanded me to do or ever will command me to do. It's not like this world where I'm in constant fear of failure. I'm not going to fail. I am not going to fail in my ability. I might fail in my obedience. You see? I like that, you know, because if there was a way to mess it up, 
I'm your guy. Got a PhD in that one. But God, is, God has made it foolproof. Absolutely foolproof. Okay. This is done through the Spirit of God. It's selfless love and acceptance. It doesn't seek fleshly gain or advantage. But it is seeking to affirm the truth. Now notice that Paul says we are to accept them in the same way Christ has. Now that's supernatural. It's not possible for the flesh. It is an acceptance that will not take into account the other's differences or offenses. It must afford them the same grace and mercy that Christ affords us. Now that seems impossible even in marriage, doesn't it? Okay, you can be honest. It does. It seems impossible even in marriage to be able to accept one another in this way. Well, it is a supernatural acceptance. And you know what it requires from us that we all hate? We have to put our guard down. The problem in modern church today is we come to church wearing the same armor here and maybe even more than what we wear out there. And so we have trouble embracing one another because if someone comes and expresses a, a, a concern for you, the first thing that pops into your mind or is suggested to you by you-know-who is this voice that sounds just like yours that says, I wonder what they're up to, right? And that's what we live with out there. But I'm going to tell you that it should drop here and really it should drop there. Nobody can take advantage of you except the Lord allows it. Except the Lord allows it. I'm not saying we throw common sense to the wind and ask, you know, the guy on the street corner, could you hold on to my wallet while I go check, check on something? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying walk in confidence knowing that we are secure in him. We are not left to the devices of flesh, to this world. So when God tells you to step out, you can step out fearlessly. Now, the reason that's so important for you to know is because the time is coming when stepping out is going to be a scary thing to do. It's not already here. And the people of God, however big or small that really is, because I don't believe what we see in the churches today really represents the true body of Christ. The people of God will need to walk in confidence. One of the things that, that is supposed to be happening within the church body, the local church body, is there's supposed to be such an atmosphere of love and acceptance that the world marks over it. Do you see that? Not in most. There should be a familial relationship. That's why I call you family. Because you are. You are. That's how we are to embrace one another. That's how we are to see one another. And that's what the world should look upon and marvel. Now, this is interesting. We say, well, it's difficult to, to love people within the church body. It's difficult to even continually love one another in marriage. It is difficult for the flesh to enter into that love, but there is a consistency of love that flows from your spirit that is never, ever taxed. And never ceases. The problem is, is that you drift off into the flesh and redefine love. Not only yours, but the one you're mad at. The point of union for marriage is the point of union that you have for the church. It's in Christ. It's supernatural. Now, God doesn't command us, again, to do or be anything 
that the new creation was not created or empowered to do or be. Romans 15, verses 8 and 9. For I tell you that Christ the Messiah became a servant and a minister to the circumcised, the Jews, in order to show God's truthfulness and honesty by confirming, verifying the promises given to our fathers. Verse 9, and also in order that the Gentile nations might glorify God for his mercy, not covenanted to them, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Now here again, Paul is comparing the love, humility, and obedience of Christ in the acceptance of the Jews and the Gentiles to the acceptance that we're supposed to express towards one another. That's a tall order, isn't it? That's a God-sized order. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be. Verse 8 says that Christ became, that's in perfect tense, indicating that he entered into a permanent position, a servant and a minister in order to show God's faithfulness. You know what I see a lot of times in the church that calls itself service is someone trying to show themselves as being faithful. Christ in all that he did, he did to demonstrate God's faithfulness. What that verse is basically saying is, this is not me serving you, this is the Father serving you. This is not me giving to you, this is the Father giving to you. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship, but we need to let you know that we have moved. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and our new location is 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.